0: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it. And at a very young age,
1: you're listening to Voice America Kids. We don't
2: care how you got here.
1: We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
3: Attractions. I'm your co-host, Peter Blakesley
4: And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney.
3: And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now today we will be talking about the film Fed Up, Scooby-Doo WrestleMania, and our new reporter, Justin Story, and also talking about the film's Million Dollar Arm. Now right now I'm talking with Raven on the new blockbuster hit, Million Dollar Arm. How are you doing, Raven?
4: I am doing fantastic. How are you, Kiefer?
3: I'm doing pretty darn good. Awesome. Now I like baseball. I really much do enjoy baseball films. So can you tell us a little bit about Million Dollar Arm?
4: Absolutely. So Million Dollar Arm um, is based off of a true story, and it pretty much follows the journey of uh, three young men from India who are uh, athletes. And a um, uh, one of the young men isn't an athlete. He is just sort of an assistant to um, a sports agent who is sort of falling short on his luck and he's trying to sign um, a very very successful NFL player, but that falls through and his business is teetering on extinction. And he's trying to come up with something that will make a lot of money and get a lot of media attention. And he's watching cricket with his business partner because um, his business partner is Indian and that's like a huge Indian sport. And um, JB, played by... uh, john ham he doesn't understand why cricket is so big and then he gets the idea he's like what if i find two cricket players in india bring them back to america and then teach them how to play major league baseball so they decide that that's a good idea they go to india they meet um a man named amit who becomes their translator and sort of tour guide almost by accident and he's such a funny character and they go to all these small villages um saying that whoever can throw the fastest and has the best arm will get brought back to India. And then if they make it onto like a major league team, they'll get a million dollars. And it's called the million dollar arm, this big event that they're doing. So they find these two um, young men from small villages who actually don't even play cricket and who like hate cricket but they're very passionate about learning the sport of baseball and um, it's just an amazing journey about how they made baseball history in making the first uh, major league Indian baseball players.
3: Wow and this is another film based off a true story. Now as a film critic since you have pretty much good experience about being a film critic (laughs) uh, what do you look for in a film like this based off a true story? Do you look for characters or how they follow the story? I mean What do you look
4: for? I definitely look for the character interaction for sure. And since, you know, I didn't know a lot about the true story and it was hard to tell the character interaction from the beginning, but in the end, they showed some clips and they showed pictures of the real people and oh my god do the two baseball players look identical to their actors like they look so so much alike they just look like slightly older versions of like the the actors in this film but it was incredible um and also another thing that I look for is definitely the way they capture the culture if it is in another country or another culture that is being shown and I think the way that they showed India was very well done because they captured sort of the chaotic environment of the busy streets and the slums of India and the um, the sort of run-down old villages. And I think it was very cool to see that other side, not just like the scenic touristy part of India.
3: That's perfect things to look for. And since we now know what you look for in this film, the characters do look the part, but do they act as the role? What do you think?
4: Absolutely, it was hilarious to see um, the three of them come to America for the first time. Uh, One of my favorite scenes is actually when they're going to their hotel and they've never seen a building quite as extravagant. Like they are just so blown away by everything. But they're getting into the elevator to go up to their room, and um, a woman is running to catch the elevator. So JB, who is the uh, the sports Uh, Agent he like puts his hand In front of the elevator so it opens And they are like so blown away by the fact That like the elevator has motion sensors And just like opens back up so every time The elevator is about to shut one of them Sticks their hand in front of it so that it opens again And it's hilarious they just They really captured the sense Of like wonder and amazement That these boys would have had Coming to America for the first time
3: that's I like how they do in based off of true stories, that they do capture like different cultures. And I saw an actually an Indian, um, believe it's Indian film, um, Lunchbox, where they d- we see how this busy city is and how everyone's on bikes and how it, it's just crammed places. And I do like how a film does capture the humor too while he's putting his hand in front of the, the um, elevator and trying to keep it open. There's hum- slight humor like that does show the charm of the film.
4: Absolutely.
3: You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Blake Sling.
4: And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney.
3: And today we are talking about the films Fed Up, Scooby-Doo WrestleMania, and our new Kids First reporter, Justin Destroy. And we're also talking about Million Dollar Arm. Now right now, we were just talking with Raven on how Million Dollar Arm does um, the, the characters and how she looks for the relationships and how they capture different countries like India in this case. And how the characters just look exactly like the real people in this film. And how they do capture the the characters. Now, I'm not entirely the biggest fan of baseball. And I sense you're not the biggest sports fan. But do you feel like this film captures the spirit of baseball or even cricket?
4: Um, I'm definitely... Baseball is probably one of my least favorite sports. Sorry, baseball fans. Um... <laughs> But um, this film actually, even though it was about baseball, there wasn't like any actual baseball games happening. It was pretty much the recruiting was a majority of it um, because the film ends right as the two boys get signed with a major league baseball team. Um, So then you don't really end up seeing them play any games. But what you do see is the practice and a lot of pitching because he's trying to recruit pitchers since cricket is um, a lot of throwing of the, cricket ball or whatever it's called I'm not quite sure there's like a lot of very strange lingo in cricket it's a very interesting sport but they definitely captured um cricket very well and they showed a lot of it um but as far as capturing baseball goes they pretty much showed what it's like to learn baseball um which was definitely very comical for these two boys that had never played it before had no idea what it was
3: (laughs) well they that's a great way because usually the preparation for the baseball for what like getting ready for the game is even more important than actually the game itself yes so I, I agree they do show a new side of that i that's very fascinating and in this film what well, a sports film what do you think the moral is and do you feel like it's a good moral
4: Definitely, I think the moral of the story is it starts off with JB going to find these boys and not really having a connection with them at all. He's very irritated with things not going exactly the way they're going. And pretty much his entire business is depending on um, these two boys. And so (laughs) he sort of looks at them more as a project and less of people. Like he views Mm -hmm. them as like this project that he's working on that is either going to make him a lot of money or propel his business to failing even further so he doesn't really treat them that great at first because he's like he has no idea anything about them he just knows that they have really good throwing arms and so I think the moral of the story is when he starts to let his defenses down and get to know them. He develops an amazing relationship with them, and their skill in playing baseball actually exceeds expectations because they have such a good relationship with him. So I really think it's valuing people as people and not just looking them, at, looking at them as paychecks. You know,
3: that's a fantastic mole, <laughs> but that's, it is because it's pretty much it's an experiment. So, yeah. and do you feel like that film, what do you think about the, the nah, So <laughs> I'm just trying to wear this right. What is this sports film, especially since there's many other baseball films or sports films for that matter, what makes it unique from like other films?
4: I think what makes it unique is, um, I mean, again, it is based off of a true story, so that's unique. Um, But I think what makes it unique is the fact that it tells the story of uh, the journey that the first Indian Major League Baseball players made, um, because American baseball was not introduced to India. There weren't really any Indian fans at the time. So it really captured an entire nation and an entire culture into this new sport, and it introduced... um, these Indian players that were the first Indian baseball players ever. So they really made history. And I think that's what makes it unique.
3: The history behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's always, and that's always great to go into a film and learn something new. Now, what do you say the age range and how many stars would you give this film?
4: Um, I would definitely say the age range is probably around, 8 and up, 10 and up maybe. Um, There's not really anything inappropriate about this film at all. It is definitely geared towards children. The only thing is, if you don't find any joy in sort of like the history of it and the characters in it, then I think you might not be super into it if you're a younger kid, because there is a lot. It's like a two-hour movie, and there is a lot of storyline to follow and a lot of characters to follow. Um, And there are also subtitles in the film, so Hmm. I think... Probably 10 and up would be best because um, I saw it with my little brother who is nine and he really enjoyed it because he really likes more mature films that have a lot of like plot to them but there wasn't a lot of action or anything like that. So I huh. think kids that are too young might not enjoy it but I, I definitely loved the film.
3: Sup no more reading. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't wait to check out this film. I do love baseball films very much so I'm going to check it out. Thank you so much, Raven, for telling me about Million Dollar Arm.
4: Absolutely, anytime.
3: Let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Kiva Blakesley,
4: And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you're listening to What's Next good.
2: Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example. Example We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids
1: safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Remember
2: my name. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week?
1: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
2: What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general, and wanna help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel in Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back
3: to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your
4: co-host, Keeper Blake Swing. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney.
3: And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now, today we'll be, t- we'll be interviewing the director of Fed Up and also Scooby-Doo Wrestlemania with our new Kids for Supporter, Justin Stroy. And also, we just talked about Million Dollar Arm. And right now, we're talking about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with our host, Raven Devaney. And how are you doing again, Raven?
4: I am doing fantastic again, Kiefer. How are you again? <laughs>
3: Fantastic. Again, it's been so long since we talked to each other since the last segment.
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) Now, I've seen this film and I adore it, but can you please tell us about the story for people that haven't seen it?
4: Absolutely. So this is the sequel to The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, um, directed by Mark Webb. And it pretty much is the end of senior year. And Peter Parker, played by Andrew Garfield, is busy, you know, doing his Spider-Man duties while also trying to graduate on time and have a love life with his girlfriend Gwen Stacy, played by Emma Stone. And things seem to be going pretty good for him. He's, you know, stopping criminals and and helping out with minor Issues on the streets of New York But then all of a sudden his life Takes a complete turn For the worse when he is sort of forced To distance himself from the love of his life Because of some past stuff That has happened with her family and a promise That he made to her father before He passed away Um, He also discovers some very Dark clues about his parents past That are definitely shaking him up Um, His old friend Harry Osborne Is back in town and There's definitely a bit of conflict there And to top everything off, there is a new villain for him to deal with that is about to completely change his life.
3: So it goes from a simple story about a web-slinging superhero, and then, bang, chaos breaks loose.
4: Well, is your life ever really simple if you're a web-slinging superhero? I mean, come on now. Let's think about
3: it. (laughs) I don't think life is simple, period. But
4: Exactly. So
3: a lot is going on in this story, and what is making other critics... Really don't like, um, really not favoring the film, I would just say, is because the story can be a little bit unfocused. Would you agree or disagree with that?
4: Well, I personally love this film, I cried in it, I was so impressed <laughs> with it because I'm like a devoted fan to the original um Spider Man trilogy. However, I think this film was very well done. I could definitely see what they were saying though, because there is like, a lot of stuff that Peter Parker is having to deal with. In the um, films that came out in the early 2000s, there was only ever one, you know, antagonist that Spider-Man has to fight. But in this film, he has to deal with um, Electro, which is the the focal villain in this film, yeah. um, in the main focus. But then in the end of the film, there's just, like in the last 20 minutes, there's, like, a whole slew of supervillains that he has to deal with. And then how the film ends is, um, like, it pretty much sets up for the next film to be, like, a club of supervillains that he has to deal with. And I'm like, oh, goodness. So the next movie is just going to be him fighting, like, the bad kids club or something. So I think I could see where other critics are coming from with the fact that it's a little bit unfocused. I think the only storyline that I wish would have been focused on more is the relationship between Peter Parker and Harry Osborn, because I feel like Mm. they completely cut that short. I would have liked to see it develop more.
3: Mm. And by the way, it's the Sinister Six for the, comic book fans out there
4: the sinister Six. Oh my goodness i didn't know that that was an actual thing i like the bad kids club but the sinister six sounds pretty good
3: actually bad kids club sounds more menacing but okay
4: peter parker versus the bad kids club let's make our own series let's do it
3: i love it well i do love i i feel like the story in this film is pretty focused for the main goal which is to defeat all the the villains but mm-hmm. you said you're a big, you're a pretty big fan of the older films. Now, I want to kind of compare this to the newer films. What do you think about the characters, any actors, compared to the older Spider-Man films?
4: I think, and this is what I said when the um the first Amazing Spider-Man came out. I think that this series, directed by Mark Webb, um, is definitely geared more towards a younger audience, um, mainly for teens. Whereas I feel like with the uh, older films that came out in the early 2000s towards um, a wider age range in the audience, if you understand what I'm saying, only because, like, the characters in this film, like, obviously, they're based off of the comic book, so they can't change the characters too much, but the actors are all, like, young, attractive, very relevant stars currently. Um, Obviously, technology and the movie industry has advanced a lot in the past decades, so visually, it's a lot more appealing to the younger audience. And more teenage crowds, so I definitely think that's something that's a big difference.
3: And when you when well, I personally, when I review a adaptation or re, remake, well, okay, just yeah. remake. Yeah, I don't usually go by special effects because time changes, and that's not really something to judge a film on is the special exactly. effects. You're well, listening to, oh, sorry.
4: Go ahead. Go on. Ahead.
3: Okay. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Keeva Sleep.
4: And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney.
3: And today we are talking about Fed Up with the director interviewing, interviewing the director of Fed Up and also Scooby-Doo WrestleMania with our new film critic, Justice Troy. And we just talked about Million Dollar Arm. And right now I'm talking with Raven on The Spammer Bama 2. You were saying, Raven?
4: Um, I just wanted to say, yeah, I think the only reason that I, bring up the uh, special effects is because they are so stunning like if, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think the way they captured the electricity from Electra was, like, so beautiful, even though it was a very menacing part of the film. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, absolutely, the visuals of the earlier Spider-Man movies are incredible, and I think they'll hold up throughout time, because of just, they're a lot darker, and they're done a lot differently. But I think for kids that haven't really grown up with those films, like you and I may have, um, they look at this, and they're like, oh, yes, it's bright and flashy, and, like, Pretty and <laughs> kids are captured by fast things and like pretty colors and stuff. So,
3: <laughs> well, just to be kept um, from what we were saying, you we were saying about how you do enjoy um, that the older films were more to a wider audience. This one's more for like the teens. I say the teens and younger demographic,
5: mm-hmm. and
3: also how we were saying that the film can be a little bit cluttered with the story, mm-hmm. with since so much is going on. So that's just to the recap there. But in this film, with a lot of characters, do you feel like that, not just relationships, but just the characters themselves, so, do you feel like they are, there's depth in the character or you think they're just, like, flat?
4: I definitely think there's depth to the characters. Um, I do, like I said, I would have loved to see Harry Osborn a little bit more because he is my favorite character from the older films. Um and I absolutely love the actor who plays Harry Osborne in these films, um, Dane DeHaan. I absolutely love him in everything he's been in. He's been in so many incredible films, in my opinion. And he always plays a very dark and twisted character. He's always like either sickly or like an outcast or has like a dark past. So I was super sure. excited to see him in this film because Harry Osborne is very twisted. Um, but I would have liked to see him. Uh, be a little bit more in the film and I guess I would like to have seen his relationship have a little bit more death, depth not depth, yeah. sorry depth with um Peter Parker <laughs> that way when Harry decided to turn on Spider-Man and Peter Parker it would have had more of an effect but honestly I think the rest of the characters had a good amount of depth, it was just that specific relationship that I was a little bit like, no, give me more <laughs> Well, when a film
3: wants, when you leave a film and you just want more, I think they, I think they're doing a good job there. Mm-hmm. Now, there are morals in most of the Marvel comics, and it can either be corny or it can be a great moral, whatever you like to look at it. What do you think of, what do you think in this particular film the moral is, the main moral?
4: The main moral in this film, um, with what I think, is definitely regarding Jamie Foxx's character, Electro. Mm. Um, I think his performance was impeccable. Um, And I especially, I appreciate him as a villain because... He is a real human and he has real feelings, and he's a real person that's just been hurt and put down. And all he wants is for someone to see him and value him and know how much he's worth and all he can give to the world. But everyone just pushes him aside. So when he's given the chance to, you know, strike out, he takes it and he's just angry. And I think that's just a message to be kind and appreciate everyone around you no matter how insignificant they may seem at the time because you know you never know who's right about to be at their breaking point who really just needs someone to be there for them and you never know who's gonna become a successful ceo and you might be working for them in the next 10 years so i think the moral is really just to be kind to everyone around you
3: or a blue electric villain yes but yes (laughs) i do totally agree with you there jimmy fox's character is beautiful especially how tragic it is and how jenny fox play um plays it i must add i when i did interview him he did say that this was based off a person he knew
4: yeah i remember
3: Uh, that and he that's again i believe it's touching because i feel like he does do justice to his character Mm
4: -hmm. whether
3: it's tragic or not so thank you so much how many stars and what age range would you get this film by the way
4: I give this film 5 out of 5 stars, and this film is PG-13, so definitely 13 and up, but if you have already seen The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, and you've seen other um, Marvel superhero films, and you were okay with them, I think this film is good for you, because it doesn't have any more violence than the typical genre, uh, movie in this genre.
3: Well, thank you very much for telling me about The Amazing Spider-Man 2.
4: Anytime.
3: This film is out of now, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your co host, Keeper Blakesley.
4: And I'm your co host, Raven Devaney. You're listening to Voice America
3: Kids.
1: We don't care how you got here, we're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Remember my
2: name. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week?
1: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
2: You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey
7: guys, welcome back to Kids First
3: Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host Jerry Ors. And I'm your co-host Kepa Blakesling.
7: And you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we are talking about, well, Gaefer just interviewed David Corbett about Postman Pat. We're talking about the event, Spider-Man 2 premiere. And we're reviewing this film, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Right now we are going to talk to Gabriella about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 premiere. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me on the show. I'm doing very well. Well, it's
5: great to talk to you. So this event looked really, really fun. Can you tell us a bit about it? I was at the Amazing Spider-Man 2 premiere in New York at the Ziegfeld Theater. It was on April 24th, and I got to interview the producer of the film, Spider-Man's mom, the young Peter Parker, and George, a boy who gets bullied in the film. Oh, wow. That sounds like quite a lot of people. Do you
7: have, which one do you think was the most surprising to interview? Like, did you get a surprise answer or question that you did not expect you would get?
5: I didn't get a surprise answer, but I really enjoyed speaking to the producer because he had a very intimate conversation with me and he was very relaxed. It didn't seem as if he was putting up a front while he was talking to me. It was very down to earth, and I liked that a lot. That that sounds that sounds nice. You know, I
7: know that when people go on the red carpet, it's stressful, and it's good to just know relax and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have a favorite
5: question or answer? My favorite question would be when I asked the producer what was his what was the most challenging part of producing the film? Because he said that you can never expect to have your fans always by your side. It's always a challenge to produce whatever you do. So you should always strive to do your best work. And I found his answer very inspirational. It sounds very wow i want to meet this
7: producer now and do you think that you had a funniest answer or funniest
5: question no i didn't actually oh oh yeah yeah when i when i interviewed spider-man's mom i asked her if she could redo the film would she do anything differently and she said she would just make her part longer because she had so much fun so that was a little funny to me at least in the moment She sounds like a great actress. You know, if
7: you have fun, I don't want to stop it. So I can completely agree with her on that. So I heard, so you seem to really enjoy, well, interviewing the producer.
5: Who else did you interview? I interviewed Spider-Man's mom, the young Peter Parker, and George, a boy who gets bullied in the film. Interesting.
7: And what do you think was the most inspirational question?
5: Well, I didn't really, oh yeah, I did ask George and the young Peter Parker what advice they would have for kids who wanted to be like them since they're in such a big production. And they just said that everyone should follow their dreams. And the way they phrased their response was very inspirational, I think, to younger students. Well, I better go see that interview because it sounds really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very exciting, and I'm going to produce my experience there soon. It sounds great. I
7: cannot wait to see it. What do you. So, you ask quite a lot of questions,
5: right? Yeah. Well, the red carpet is very um crazy and lively so i didn't really get to speak to the members of the cast for a long time but i did get to ask them a few questions
7: okay well you know that's it's still something right hmm yeah you hello You're... You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors.
3: and I'm your co-host Kiefer Blakesley.
7: And today we are talking about the events, the Amazing Spider-Man to premiere. Kiefer just interviewed the director, of P. Sorry, can we can we can we stop? Yeah,
3: go ahead and start it. Start it again at the. Um, <clears throat> Just at the beginning of that, that sentence, Jerry. Okay. Count it down so that Cornelius
8: can edit it.
7: Okay. Five, four, three, two. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Jerry Ors, And I'm your
3: co-host, Kiva Blakesley.
7: And today we are reviewing the film, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. We are talking about the event. Uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 premiere and Kiefer just finished interviewing David Corbett about Postman Pat. So right now we're just talking to Gabriella about how how she interviewed a couple people and how they had some pretty good questions. So Gabriella, did you have a favorite question or
5: comment? I remember that when I was talking to the producer Um, he, when I asked him what message he thinks his movie conveys to kids, he was looking for his son, and he was looking around, and he said, oops, I just lost my son, and at the moment, it was
7: very funny. It sounds pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound pretty funny. And do you think you have a favorite question that you
5: well asked? Uh, I think my favorite question was when I asked Spider-Man's mom if she could redo the production would she do anything differently because it caught her off guard. I felt as if she wasn't really expecting that question and um, her response was funny. We laughed about the fact that she said I would just make it longer because she had so much fun. It sounds nice. And do you think
7: that, well, do you think that anybody was kind of dressed funny for the event?
5: Did anybody go in Spider-Man memorabilia? Oh, actually, everyone was dressed normally. But in the beginning of the premiere, there was a USPS truck. And there was Spider-Man in his costume on top of the truck. And all of a sudden, he got a roar from the audience everyone was like spider-man and then he just jumped off the truck so that was interesting and fun to watch it sounds very
7: very cool did they have any other cool stunts like that
5: no there were no other cool stunts but i got a cool mask that had like the characters from the spider-man movie and they gave out free spider-man tattoos too wow it sounds cool you can become spider-man now yeah.
7: Sounds really really cool. And what do you think was the most interesting thing that you learned? Uh
5: the most interesting thing I learned was hearing from hearing the producer's remark when he said that you can never let expect your fans to always be there. It was the most interesting remark to me because I also found it to be the most inspirational one.
7: Yeah, it does sound very, very inspirational. And I honestly think in a way he is right. So do you think that well, do you think you have a you have a you have a line that you learned a lot from that you did not expect it and you learned a lot from? Uh
5: no, actually. I learned from the experience in general, but there was nothing that really caught me off guard. Okay. And before
7: you went to the event, did you have something that you expected someone to expected
5: to interview or a question you expected to ask? Yeah, I prepared so many questions. I thought I was going to be able to interview Pharrell Williams, Alicia Keys, Hans Zimmer, Kendrick Lamar, Emma Stone, Andrew Garfield. So it was a surprise to me when I was at the red carpet. I was rereading my questions so many times, um, thinking about how I'd interview all of these famous people. And all of a sudden, they came by rushing on the carpet, Um, I was so close to interviewing the director. I was actually starting to get in a conversation with him. And all of a sudden, his representative was like, all right, we got to go now. And that happens quite a few times with all of these other people I wanted to interview. Their reps really just pulled them away from me. And it was unfortunate, but I had so much fun. The event was very exciting. And I loved being on the red carpet. And I it's feel a- so fortunate to have been given this opportunity.
7: Wow, it sounds, it just sounds really, really great. I cannot wait to see more about this. It's just, just
5: wow. Yeah, it was very exciting and I had so much fun. I learned a lot too from the experience because not only did I get to interview all of these members from the cast, but I was also among the international press and while we were waiting, we were talking to each other about how we got into the film industry and I enjoyed hearing the experiences of the people beside me who have been in this industry for so long. They've been there for years. Years, and this is just my second time on the carpet. So I received a lot of advice from them.
7: Wow, it sounds it's they sound really, really nice. Thank you so much for letting us talk to you about this fantastic premiere. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course. Let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Jerry Ors.
3: And I'm your co-host, Kiva Blakesley.
7: And you're listening to Voice America Kids Network.
2: Kids safe, mother approved.
1: You're listening to Voice America Kids.
6: Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. Remember my name. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How
2: about four times that every single week?
1: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
2: You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to
1: Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm
4: your co-host, Raven Devaney. And
3: I'm your co-host, Kiva Blakespin.
4: And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now we have with us a brand new film critic that we are adding to the Kids First family. We have with us Justin Story. And Hi this guys. is his first time on the radio show. Hello. Um, and he's going to be talking about Scooby Doo WrestleMania. But before we get into that, Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself.
8: I'm Justin Story. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I'm 16 years old. And I also act and I like reporting.
4: And um, how long have you been acting, and what got you interested in working with Kids First?
8: I've been acting since I was nine years old. Um, I had the idea to be in the industry when I was three, but I've been acting since I was nine years old. I've done commercials for um, Nissan, Disney, Carnival Cruise Line, and I actually have a movie coming out in September called Day One. Um, Well, not my movie, a movie that I, I was in. So it stars Corbin Blue, Travis McCoy. Uh, He sings the song with Bruno Mars um, and Chad McElmurray from One Tree Hill.
4: That's awesome. And so how do you think working with Kids First will help you sort of move towards your dream of being an actor or a filmmaker? Because I know you were mentioning earlier that you were interested in filmmaking as well.
8: Uh, I think Kids First is actually going to allow me to look at films differently and critique things based off of a film critic. And and I think it would be kind of cool to see films in a different way. Now that since I'm also a filmmaker, I've noticed things when I'm watching a film, like that was filmed three months later. Cause like, you know, you watch movies where like the beginning of the film is like their hair is like cut off. And then later on in film, it's like a full Afro. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So I think kids first are going to allow me to look at films differently and also going to help me with my journalism and reporting um, experience. I think I've always wanted to do teen reporting. When I was three years old, I used to watch my, the news with my mom and I would find any brush whether it was my brush her brush and I'll pick up the brush and mimic the reporter on tv and <laughs> I used to love doing that and then when I get older I'm like mom I want to be I want to be a newsman I want to be a newsman and now I know who they are they're news reporters but um I think it's going to be a fun experience I'm excited to be a part of the family
4: Absolutely. It's definitely an advantage to know what goes on behind the scenes if you want to be in front of the camera. So let's jump in to the first uh, film that you have reviewed, and it is Scooby-Doo WrestleMania. So tell us a little bit about this film.
8: Scooby-Doo WrestleMania is basically about the Scooby-Doo fam- um, gang. They're go- they win tickets to WWE City. They travel through this mysterious machine that gets them to the city. And a lot of things are going on. There's like villains everywhere. Things are going on. And it actually stars a lot of the WWE fighters, like uh, John Cena, Kane, and Triple H. And it's pretty cool to see, like, you wouldn't think that WWE fighters would be involved with the Scooby-Doo movie. But uh, I think it was pretty cool. The chasing scenes were pretty cool. The laser lights in the background when they're running outside. I really liked it. And I love, like, the lights shining off um, in front of the WWE uh, um, event uh, arena. So that's pretty cool.
4: Absolutely. And what did you think of the animation in this film?
8: The animation was, it was interesting. I would say that they could have did better with some of the special effects. And uh, I think some of them were off, but it kind of lets you forgive it because it was so good with some of the things that they did as far as like the chasing scenes and the dramatic music and things like that. So it was kind of something that was forgiving.
4: Yeah, I definitely think anything with the Scooby-Doo films is a bit forgivable, only because there are so many of them. There's been so many films, so many TV series, so many different franchises. So I think it's sort of expected because, you know, you notice consistency between the quality of all of them. And it is sort of just a fun little thing for kids to watch and Scooby-Doo fans to watch. Um, So what do you think of the age rating for this film?
8: Um, I would say that if you've been a Scooby-Doo fan from years and years ago, you would enjoy the film. And also if you're a WWE fan. But I would say the age range would probably be 15 and under. I'm 16. I like the film. It dealt with something, things, some things that I like because I'm also a filmmaker. So I like the effects. But I think that you would have to be 15 or under. And I think, uh, you would have to be a Scooby-Doo fan. If you are not a Scooby-Doo fan, you wouldn't want to watch the film
4: absolutely and how many stars would you give this film from your perspective since you are sort of older and may not necessarily be the biggest Scooby-Doo fan
8: I give it a two out of five I I like Scooby-Doo I, I like I kind of like the show better than the movie and I actually like the the actual movie that they had like um remember years ago I think it was like I love like, the live yeah. action movie I love <laughs> it too. I will
4: always love that film even I will, though it's, I still like, watch it yeah, I, I I watch that movie all the time. It's actually kind of sad. I'm like obsessed. Anyway, go on.
8: <laughs> it would be it would probably be cool to see them actually with the live uh, WWE fighters and the game. That would be very the That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So two out of five. You would have to be, you would have to be a Scooby Doo fan to watch.
4: Absolutely. Well, Justin, thank you so much for telling us a little bit thank about you. yourself and about this film. And I definitely look forward to talking with you again on the show and seeing what is in your future with filmmaking and acting and film reviewing. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney.
3: And I'm your co-host, Keeper Blakesley.
4: And today we have been talking about the film's million-dollar arm, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Scooby-Doo WrestleMania, and an exclusive interview with the directors of the film Fed Up. So right now we have with us Jaylene, and we are going to be again talking about the fabulous new film, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So Jaylene, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm awesome, thank you for being on the show with us today. So, tell us a little bit about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, The
0: Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the sequel to The Amazing Spider-Man, and in this movie, it just, it's Spider-Man, like, facing so many battles, and it's just so incredible, because this movie puts you through an emotional journey. I sat in the theater crying, but... Also it had me like scared out of my mind too. So like the costumes the the mm, the costumes made this so realistic. All the monsters
1: mm-hmm.
0: looked really scary and they would pop out of nowhere so I would just everyone in the theater would jump out of their seat. This movie was just full of intensity. It was amazing.
4: Mm-hmm, like in the title <laughs> yes I am right there with you I cried in this film in the end and I don't want to tell any of you why because if you haven't read the comic book you don't know but it is exactly uh, I know oh my goodness and again something that we were talking about earlier when me and Kiefer were discussing this in the beginning of the show is the amount of um sort of characters that come into peter parker's life throughout the film there are a lot of battles that he has to face so what do you think about the fact that this film doesn't just focus on one bad guy it focuses on you know quite a bit of them there is a main bad guy but there are quite a lot of side villains that he has to deal with
0: i think there i think that it has uh, pros and cons I think it's really cool because it keeps you entertained. You're like, oh my God, but wait, he has this villain to take care of, and then he has that one, and then he has this one. But then, I know like the original Spider-Man only has like one or two, and then they really get the history behind those villains and what makes them like that. And I feel like in this movie, they kind of do like a little snippet of their history.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. We were talking about that earlier because I feel like they focused a lot on Electro, obviously because he's the main villain, but I was Mm -hmm. so, like, I love this film so much and I love the way Mark Webb, um, the new director of the sort of remake of the older Spider-Man films, I love what he's doing and I love that he's, um, taking on stories and villains that haven't yet been shown on the big screen um, and that haven't been done in the earlier 2000 uh, films yeah me but, too. but like I'm so I was so sad that they didn't show more of Harry Osborn like he has such a cool backstory and he has such yep. a cool relationship with Peter Parker but they completely left that out so yeah. I was a bit a bit disappointed yeah Um, So let's talk a little bit about the visuals in this film, because I was personally super impressed by the special effects, but I was also very impressed by the actual camera work and um, a lot of the placement of the camera and camera angles I thought was very well done.
0: Oh my goodness, I thought so too. Electro Man putting the whole New York City out of power Oh. I was like, wow, they have amazing special effects people. Mm-hmm. Because even when Electro-Man was standing in the middle of New York City and you could just see the electricity going through the whole New York City, it was incredible. And the camera angles, I, oh, I my I felt like my stomach dropped every time
4: Spider-Man would, like, fly. Was, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was so cool, especially in IMAX and 3 think Yeah, the I watched it, I watched this it in film. 3D and it made it so
0: realistic. Like mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that 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 was really good. How did they do that? Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder so much.
4: And something that I think is really cool is the fact that they were able to capture New York City on such a huge scale, and most of it isn't even, like, real. It's, like, completely CGI, computer-generated. It's amazing. Um, And I also wonder what it would be like to actually film this movie. Like, I feel like it's just a bunch of actors in their costumes, like, in front of a green screen. And I think that also attests to their skill, because they're able to make it seem like they're fighting these huge battles and they're in these, like, crazy places, and they're on, like really in green real life screen. they're in like yeah. green screens and a super small set. So speaking of the acting, what do you think of the actors in this film?
0: I honestly think Andrew Garfield did such an amazing job. He is an incredible actor. I love and
4: him. I'm in love with him. Emma Stone,
0: Emma Stone did so oh, I was blown away by um Andrew's performance too. Like mm-hmm. he portrays so much emotion. Mm-hmm. It it's incredible. Like I was like, "Wow, like he he's an inspiration." <laughs> Yeah,
4: I, I think he's he's definitely completely different um, than the at Spider-Man movies, yeah. than uh, Tobey Maguire was in the older mm-hmm. films. But I think he definitely brings a lot more wit. Well, not necessarily a lot more wit, but he's a lot more light on his feet um, mm-hmm. than Tobey Maguire's portrayal of Spider-Man where I think his portrayal was a bit more serious and Andrew Garfield is sort of like funny and like cracking jokes all the time but I think they both did an incredible job um so we are out of time but definitely be sure to check out the amazing Spider-Man 2 it is in theaters and Jaylene thank you so much for talking with me all about it thank you Let's take a break. Thank (laughs) thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more of our Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. Plus, be sure to check out our blog on the Huffington Post. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. I'm your co-host, Kiva Blakeslee. And you're listening to The Voice America Kids.
2: Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook.
1: We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.